if you have your Bibles, we're going to be switching to these two, two uh, parts of scriptures. We're having, we're going to look at two people. The first person we're going to look at is the rich young ruler. We're going to read that scripture. The next person that we're going to look at is Zacchaeus, and that's over in Luke 19. Two people, pretty much similar circumstances, and they both had a choice. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 19. We'll start in verse 16. It says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said to them, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. First man, rich young ruler, comes to God, comes to Jesus, wants to know how to have eternal life. Now, turn their Bibles over to Luke 19, and we're going to read a story about another man. Then Jesus entered, this is a verse 19, I mean chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and, I have take, and if I have taken anything from anybody by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those which are lost. Two men. Two men. Similar circumstances. So what did these men have in common? Well, one of the things they had in common is that both of them were rich. They both had money. Zacchaeus had money. The rich young ruler, he had money. He was called the rich young ruler in the Bible. And so he had money. So that was it. They both were rich. Both of them sought Jesus. Now that was a choice. The cho- they chose to, to seek Jesus. You know, that's a very smart thing to do. You all realize that? To seek Jesus. To seek who Jesus is to know who Jesus is. And both of those men, they sought Jesus. The rich young ruler went to Jesus to talk to him. Zacchaeus seeked him so much, he climbed into a tree. What kind of tree? A sycamore tree. Let's look at this picture. This is a picture from, from uh, Jericho on our trip to, to Israel. We went by here, got off our bus for a little bit, got to take some pictures. This is tradition. This is what tradition says is the tree, the sycamore tree that Zacchaeus went up in. So it was kind of interesting. 
you know, when, we, when we're in, I'll tell this story, when we're in Israel, we have, the pastor was on one bus, and I was on a bus, and then you have Dottie, who is the minister of fun on this trip. <laughs> and she sings, and she knows all the words, and, and so, you know, I'm on the, the other bus, and Dottie and them, they're, you know, they're singing, How Great Thou Art, and, you know, Victory in Jesus, and so we, we get on the bus, and I get on the bus because it's just me and I don't have the minister of fun with me. Pastor had the minister of fun the whole time. And so we're on this bus and I get on the bus after this tree and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I was in student ministry for 25 years. And so I said, I can lead them in a song. And the only thing I could say to them was, you know why Zacchaeus went up on this tree? You know why? Because Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You got to do that. And as the Lord came passing by, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down because we're going to your house today. Because we're going to your house today. That was it. The whole bus sang it. The whole bus sang it. That song has been stuck in my head. <laughs> I go to bed thinking of that song, and so I just thought, I chose that if it's going to be stuck in my head, it's now stuck in everybody's head in this room. So tonight when you go to bed, I hope you enjoy singing Zacchaeus Was a Wee Little Man. You know, it's a cute song, but it had eternal consequences. These men... Something else they had in common is they both sought Jesus, but Jesus also loved them both. See, Jesus loved both of them. Jesus loves us all. And if you're here tonight, and for some reason you're feeling like God doesn't love you, or Jesus doesn't love you, I wanna hear, I'm here to tell you there's nothing you could do that God would not love you. And Jesus doesn't love you. He loves you so much, He died on the cross for you. He loves you so much, He wants you to have a joyful and abundant life. So Jesus loved both of them. You know what else they had in common? Both of them had a choice. They came to that moment in their life where they were face to face with Jesus and they had a choice but you want to know what they did not have in common? One chose Jesus, and the other one did not, as far as we know. Now, our choice for salvation is the most important choice we'll ever make. You need to know today before you leave this room, and you need to know whether you're saved or not. If you never asked Jesus in your heart, tonight can be the night you can do that. If you are not sure of your salvation, we need to take care of that tonight. For the choices we make in life are the choices that lead us down a path. And so we know that salvation is the most important cho choice that we'll make. And tonight I hope that if you're questioning that or if you are not here and you've never asked Jesus in your heart, I pray at the end of this service that you'll come to know Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. 
However, apart from the salvation, the choices that we make each day can make or break us. The choices that we make every day can make or break a man or a woman. For our day is full of choices. And I believe every choice is important. As little as it may seem, every choice is important. What do you think it would be like if I chose never to brush my teeth? That's such a little thing. I mean, it kind of takes a little bit of time. So every choice is important, right? I think it's really important to Nikki. (laughs) But it's important to all of us, for every choice is that way. So I'm going to give you some steps that I believe, and I'm not going to labor on these, some steps that I believe are going to help us to make wise choices. Because I believe everyone in this room... It is very important that we understand that the choices we make have consequences. And the choices that we choose lead us down a path. So I want to share with you about that. The first thing that I think that you need to do to make wise choices is this. You need to have a healthy, now listen, you need to have a healthy fear of God. You go, what do you mean fear of God? I'm not saying you have to have a healthy Like you're scared of God. Because a lot of times when you're scared of something, you just do it because you're scared of it. And it's not really obedience. It's not really from your heart. So that's not what the fear of God means when the Bible talks about the fear of God. But the first step in making wise choices is you need to have a healthy fear of God. If you look in the Bible, the Hebrew word that we're going to look in some scriptures in a minute that talks about the fear of the Lord... But the the Hebrew word for fear of the Lord, where it says fear of the Lord in the Bible, it could mean fear, like the scary part of fear, but it also can mean this. It also means respect. It also means reverence. So in a sense, you understand that God is God. And there's nobody around that is better than God. You all understand that? Nobody knows more than God. Nobody can take care of us more than God. And so the fear of God is understanding God's role and then understanding our role. You know, it's kind of like what John preached Sunday night. John used the word Sunday night. Remember, the, if you all hadn't heard Sunday night, it's the tale of three bananas, right? Is that what it was? If you all hadn't heard Sunday night, you need to go back and listen to it. Because he used a word in there that's very important. He used the word God consciousness. And the fear of God is, is that God consciousness. The fear of God is when you wake up in the morning, you have such a respect and reverence for God that He is with you from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep. That is a fear of God. I believe if you don't have a healthy fear of God, sometimes our choices are going to be wrong. Now, it's hard enough to make choices even if you don't have a healthy fear of God, but I mean, even if you have a healthy fear of God, but I believe God will fill you in such a way that he's going to help you make those choices. So to have a healthy fear of God, you, you look to the scripture, and the scripture tells you why you should. Because in Proverbs 1-7, the, the Lord declares this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
So you have a fear of God in a way of respect and reverence and you spend time in His Word, you're going to start to learn knowledge. What kind of knowledge? The knowledge of good and evil. The, the knowledge of how God wants you to live. And so when you're faced with a choice, it will automatically go back to what you've read and what you've heard. That's why it's so important you come to church. You say, well, you come to church, you just want us to come to church. Listen, you come to church to hear the Word of God. And hearing the Word of God goes into your heart. And then that helps us to live out in society where we have choices every day because we want to we give reverence to God by the how we live. So Proverbs 1.7 says it gives you knowledge. Psalms 1.11.10 says the fear of the Lord gives you wisdom. And wisdom only comes from God. Wisdom is not what you get in school. Wisdom only comes from God. It comes through the Holy Spirit. And so if you want to make wise choices, you need wisdom. And so you need knowledge and wisdom that only comes from a healthy fear of God because you spend time with God and you say to God in the morning, God, I want to live for you today. I want to walk with you today. I want to talk with you today. God, help me and lead my path today. I believe if you don't say that every day, we could lose our ways sometimes. How do I know? Because I'll be the first one to admit I've made some bad choices. Have you all ever made any bad choices? And I can go back to, I can dissect that bad choice and always come back to, I didn't really have a healthy fear of God during that time. I wasn't thinking of God. I was thinking of my own pride and my own arrogance or something like that when that was coming. Proverbs 15.33 talks that the fear of the Lord is the instruction in wisdom. So he's not only going to give you wisdom, God's going to instruct you how to deal with that. That's pretty good, isn't it? See, he doesn't leave you just sitting there trying to figure it out on your own. He's going to show you what to do. And I'll tell you what, I believe today more than ever, Christians need to be wise on the ways of God in today's world so God can lead us how we're going to win this lost world to Jesus Christ. Today, probably more than ever in my life. Now, I don't know, you know, I'm an expert on before my life. I just know in my life, I believe that God needs to give me more wisdom today than he's ever given me before. So it all starts here. It all starts with a healthy respect and reverence to the Lord. That's your first step. So what's the second step? I'm going to fix this mic. The second step is this. We need to realize that all choices have consequences. We need to understand that. How do I know that? Let me go back 6,000 years or so. Give or take 100 years. Every choice has a consequence. Abraham. You know, John talked about that too Sunday. I'm not copying your sermon, I promise. But, but he talked about that. He talked about Abraham, and he waited, and he did wait 13 years. That's a long time. But God wanted him to wait, and him and Sarah have a child. But after 13 years, Sarah said... They got impatient, and Abraham and Sarah chose to have a son through Hagar. 
And then Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. Choices. Then Sarah had a son named Isaac. A choice. Then a choice was made that Ishmael and Hagar were going to be sent away. And to this day, 6,000 years later, Ishmael gave birth to what we have now as the Arab nations. And Isaac gave birth to what we now know as the Jewish nations. And they have been at war ever since. Choices have consequences. Now you're saying, Tom, can my choices really affect the world that way? I, I'm just here in Pasadena, Texas. You know, I don't know. I don't know God's plan for your life. But it does show that any choice we make has an eternal consequence. How we choose or not choose, what we do or not do today, will determine how or what tomorrow will be like. It's that way with your family life. Are you choosing wisely on how to treat your family? Do you realize that just one word, just one word, sometimes can destroy a family? Do you realize that maybe one action sometimes could destroy a family? Do you realize that just one choice can ruin the lives of your children. One word harshly spoken can lead down a path that we don't want to go. It's that way with our family life. It's that way with our work life. Do you realize that just one bad choice can make or break a career? I want you to listen to this story. This man writes, I had a problem. I needed money. Then it hit me. I was a trustee of a trust. Why not borrow the money from the trust? So I put my trustee hat on, and I looked at myself, and I said, do you need to borrow some money? And as I took the trustee hat off, I replied, why, yes, I do. And with the little interchange, I stole money from the trust and changed my life forever. I planted the seed into the groundwork I laid. Have you ever had one of those moments in your life when you wish you could just rewind the tape? You wish you could just do it over. That was one of those moments. The fact when you make a choice, you have to accept the consequence. By my choice, I set the consequence in motion. Three months later, I put back the trust. I convinced myself it was, I paid back the trust. I convinced myself it was just a loan. Unfortunately, I found out it was easy. Nobody was the wiser. It was easy to take money in order to maintain this illusion. Thus, over the next several years, I took more money. Ten years later, I find myself an inmate in the federal prison. I was reaping the consequences of the choices I made. 
from that first experience I set into motion an outcome that would define my life forever. The following is an excerpt from my present memoirs. Perhaps it can give you a glance of the reality of the consequences I faced. October 7, 1995. It's Saturday morning and I just had my first prison visit. As I walked out of the visitation room, several of the inmates were standing outside near the makeshift barbershop. Buck was standing there, so I stopped. From the vantage point, inmates could see their loved ones leave. I can't begin to describe how moving this experience was. Loved ones waving to the inmates, children hollering, I love you, Daddy. Inmates waving in return. Buck said this was the saddest time for him. He saw his family leave. As I saw you leave, I choked back tears then, but felt the depth of emotion now. As I write this now, I would prefer to be away from here. How precious is freedom. How much we take for granted. This is a wonderful humanity here. Still, by the grace of God, I am protected. Now, in 2013, when this person wrote this, some 26 years after the crime and 17 years since I had been inside a prison, I know the law of reaping and sowing in great detail. I sowed the wrong seeds and reaped a negative harvest. You know, that just shows a whole picture of somebody that made a wrong choice, but you know, here's the thing. He started with one wrong choice. Now, I'm not going to stop the sermon here. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Because what I want to say this, and I want you everybody to listen because we've all made wrong choices. I want you to listen to this. Remember, with the exception of just one choice, all choices are redeemable except one, and we know what that one is. That is, if we come down to the end of our lives and we haven't asked Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. However, apart from that one, remember that all choices are redeemable. It's very important that everybody in this room that we understand that point. No matter what choices you have made in your life, all choices that choice, whatever it is, whatever you're thinking about, is redeemable. Even though choices still have consequences, your choice is redeemable. God loves you. God wants to have a relationship with you. When we make a bad choice, you need to ask God to forgive you. If it involves somebody else, you need to ask forgiveness from that person. And you know what God does? God redeems you. I really wish that I, I really wish in the Word of God, that, I mean, the Word of God is the Word of God, but I really, really wish that Judas would have known that. See, you had two people that felt sorrowful after Jesus. You had Peter who denied him, and you had Judas betrayed him. Peter fell on his knees and asked the Lord, forgive us. Judas went and hung himself. I really wish in my heart, I mean, I can't change history, but I really wish in my heart that Judas would have known that the Lord would have forgiven him. Y'all know, right? Y'all know the Lord would have forgiven him. I just wish he would have known that. If 
But I want to tell everybody in this room, it doesn't, you haven't done anything the Lord's not going to forgive as long as you're still breathing. There may be consequences, I know, but I'm going to tell you this. For your soul to be free, you need to go before the Lord with bad choices and say, God, forgive me. And then you know what you can do? <laughs> you know how I know that, first of all. Because in Lamentations, you know what Lamentations is? Have you all ever read Lamentations? If not, you need to go home and read it. It's really telling the story about Israel and the, all the mistakes they made, but I mean, what happened to them. But listen, in Lamentations 3, it says this, Though the Lord's mercies were not consumed, because His compassion fails not, they are new every what? Somebody know? They are new every morning. We get a do-over every day with God. And then it says, Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. Amen? You get a do-over every day. So whatever choices you have made in your life, However much you're beating yourself up over those choices, I want to tell you here that every choice you've made is redeemable. God forgives you if you go to Him, get on your knees, and ask forgiveness. He will do that. We've got to stop beating ourselves up and move on with what God has planned for our life. But the fourth thing is very important. We can't have the third without the fourth. We need to learn from our mistakes. The best part of repentance is God forgiving you, but the next best part is that you can get up and you can change. You know, one of the problems with Israel in the Old Testament is they kept repeating the same mistake. Right? They kept repeating it. They kept repeating it. They kept repeating it. Pretty soon they're divided. Pretty soon they fall. They're in captivity. And God still loved them. But God does want us to learn. I mean, wouldn't you want to learn on the way instead of keep making the mistakes until you're just down in, in captivity and then turn to God? I think we all do. So this is what I encourage you to do. When you make a wrong choice... Ask God to forgive you and learn from that mistake. We need to learn from that mistake. We need to move forward with Christ. And we need to change this world. I am so glad God in the New Testament gave us Paul. It used to be Saul. And you know what Saul did Ooh, you're talking about some choices. But God changed him. He asked God to forgive him. And he helped change this world for Jesus Christ. God forgives you. He will change you. And he wants you to change this world for Jesus Christ. But you have to choose to do that. You have to say tonight, I'm not going to let the devil beat me up anymore over my wrong choices that I've had in the past. Then you have to say to yourself, 
God, forgive me for my part in those wrong choices. God, give me the strength to get through this. God, help me learn from my mistake. And then God, help me to be a witness to you in society. See, because I said one, one way and one thing in your family can affect, one word in your family can affect your family. One word at work or one action at work could make or break your career. Do you realize that it's that way with our witness to Christ? One blow up, one choice that we make could ruin our witness. I don't think there's a person in this room that wants their witness to be ruined. Am I right? We don't want it. And so the devil wants to try to trick us and get us to mess up so the world can look at us and just say, ah. But God says, ah, don't fall for that trick because I forgive you. And you're whole again. Go out there and make a difference in this world. And you can do it. So if you're here tonight and you've struggled with some choices you've made in your life and you're just beating yourself up over it, I just pray that you, know, you have to make the choice to let God forgive you. And then I want you to just learn from that and we just need to move forward with God because our church has a big, big task ahead of me. We have a lost world out here that's getting lost in one minute, if that's even a word. But it is. And we need to move forward as a church. And if the devil can get us to beat ourselves up, well, he's already, he's already won the battle. I'm saying, stand on the word of God. No matter what choice you've made, God will forgive you. And let's move forward with clean hearts and clean souls before the Lord. But always remember here, and I'll close with this, the one choice that he'll never forgive is that if you take that last breath and you did not choose Jesus, it stops there. That's why tonight, if you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus. If you're not sure you have Jesus in your heart, we can take care of that with a prayer. You can take care of it with a prayer. I just say to this, I say this, God has so much for us to do as a church. Let's be strong in the Lord. Make wise decisions. Make wise choices. And let's change this world for Christ. Let's bow our heads, please. You know, if you're here tonight, you heard me talk at the beginning and now at the end about Jesus Christ and I... And I just say, if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, tonight is the night that you can ask Him into your heart. He'll forgive your sins. You can move forward with Him. You just say this prayer in your heart. Say, Dear Jesus, I ask you into my heart. Forgive my sins. Forgive my choices. But Jesus, tonight I choose you. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a Christian. and You know, we all make bad choices, but you just 
The devil just keeps telling you you're the worst Christian ever because of the choices you're made. I'm here to tell you that God says you're wonderful. But you need to ask God to forgive you and you need to move forward. So the cho- choice you have tonight, Christian, is if you made some bad choices, you just where you are and or you can come up to the altar during the invitation, whatever it is, or you can pray with the minister. You just ask God to forgive you for that. And God will restore you back. Because He died on the cross for your sins. Past, present, and future. Because He loves you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're looking for a church home. And I just... This is a wonderful church. Wanting to win win this community to Christ. We just would love to have you here. In a minute, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing some songs. And if you need to make a decision, come up, take take one of the minister's hands. And maybe you need to come up and say, Hey, I've asked Jesus in my heart, or I just want to be sure I'm saved, or you just need to say, I need prayer. I just I, I've made some choices I shouldn't have made. Well, it it doesn't matter if it's at the altar or if you're in your seat with that prayer. What it matters is that you do business with God tonight. So in a minute, we're going to stand and the invitation will be open. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your redeemable heart. And Father, I pray now for each person here tonight during this time of invitation. Just You and them, God. You speak to them. In Jesus' name, Amen.